Welcome to the JDS Podcast, a place to discuss happenings and exciting topics in our school community. Welcome, everyone. Um, my name is Rabbi Matthew Bellis, and I'm the lower school principal. And I'm joined today by Gail Elster, um, our guidance support specialist and uh, Gurim uh, guidance counselor, and Rhonda Kleiner, a longtime kindergarten teacher with us here. And uh, so really pleased for all of us to be here. We're talking today um, about kindergarten readiness from the professional perspective. Uh, there'll be a part two of this podcast where we'll be joined by uh, parents talking about uh, kindergarten readiness from parent perspective as well. So we're looking forward to this two-part series. I'm happy to be here. Me too. So in, in thinking about how we might start this conversation, um, one thing that really rang true for me is that statement that just rings whenever people think about kindergarten, which is everything I needed to know um, I learned in kindergarten. And so what I thought was you know, to have both of you kind of reflect on why that rings, you know, so true for, uh, for parents and for teachers. And why is it, you know, everything I needed to know I learned in kindergarten. What is it about kindergarten that makes that ring so real? I think it's because, you know, parents really see it as the beginning of school for their children. Even if they've been at daycare or preschool, they have memories from kindergarten. Hopefully they were happy memories. And, you know, Kindergarten's the real thing. They're coming to a big school and kids have to, you know, navigate more more friends, more people, more teachers, and it's it's the beginning. Kindergarten definitely sets the foundation for the start of your school years and it is an introduction to being following a school schedule, meeting friends, teachers, and learning how to be in a classroom environment. So I'm gonna I'm gonna play on that word the everything a little bit, you know, from the statement because kindergarten is such a rich experience. Um, if you could talk a little bit about, you know, what are the different elements of a kindergarten program that you think are really important? You know, when parents are thinking about kindergarten, preparing their children for kindergarten, and then maybe after you share those, we'll kind of delve more deeply into some of the individual elements that, you know, that you shared. The social skills curriculum um, as part of a kindergarten day is extremely important because it helps foster skills that are important both academically and socially. So we're looking to support the student's ability to express their feelings and uh, their accomplishments, but also the challenges, and giving them the language and the ability to um, participate in small groups, large groups, unstructured activities, and structured activities. And when you foster someone's ability to be amongst a group and to also succeed as an individual, I feel that that is helping you develop uh, skills that are important for life. Learning to make friends, be kind, be thoughtful, empathy, compassion, all the values that are so important. I think, you know, children at the age of five are ready to really start, you know, learning and seeing and observing and feeling all those feelings that maybe they didn't even have the names for before and it's just a really good start to, to just really solidify that foundation. There's really a lot to go on I mean, just from your both brief, brief answers. 
Um, I'll take the, we'll focus on the social elements first. Um, so in order to kind of be really prepared for the social developmental elements of kindergarten, um, you know, a lot of parents or families have their kids go on playdates, you know, with whether it's over the summer with, you know, new classmates or friends that they've been in preschool with. Um, so maybe talk a little bit about like what the playdate experience can be like and how that can actually be supportive of the transition into kindergarten and maybe how do you even like maybe structure a play date like what should be elements that are part of a play date that can help in the transition from the preschool kind of experience to the kindergarten experience well you know we really believe that community is so important and so even starting a play date with a family is really nice to you know bring a family over invite them for dinner or just meet at the park it really helps the children feel more comfortable and at ease. And then when you invite a child over for play dates, um, what we like to recommend is sometimes just be on the side watching. And when you're watching your child, you'll get a better view of what they're like in the play date. And they may be different in different play dates with different children. And then maybe later, if necessary, you can talk to your child about some things that maybe really went so beautifully and you're just so proud and you really you know noticed play that was really cooperative or maybe there's some areas that you just make note gee that's something that I really need to be aware of that my child could use a little assistance or a little guidance with so just being on the outside not interfering all the time sometimes there may be an opportunity but really just be on the side they don't even have to know you're watching and be aware of what's going on I think it's important to have a conversation with your child before the play date happens and preview what the play date is going to look like, what's important to them, what do they want to do on the play date. I think that if the play date becomes um, more of their vision, I think that you will have more success with buy-in. And, um, and I also think it's okay to discuss that all play dates might not go smoothly and what that could look like and anticipate some challenges that you might have on a play date in regards to if your friend wants to do something different or if sharing becomes an issue those are common um, during play dates and I think you can prepare your child how they can respond in those when those things occur. You know, I think it's really important to remember that your children are on a journey and not everything's going to be perfect. And so they're really learning and play dates are an opportunity for them to learn. And sometimes it's not the children that are easy for your children to get along with that you always want to invite for a play date, or even some children that it may be challenging or some child that they may be having some um, challenges with, you know, in school. And so you then can help them work through it. I often encourage families that um, if their children maybe are, are having a harder time connecting with children in a classroom, why playdates are beneficial because if they are more comfortable in their home environment and have a playdate with peers from their class, we often see that they will continue the play that they've established in their home setting in the classroom setting and that can help them take more social risks um, in the classroom setting because of the comfort and the relationship that they've established on these playdates. And what's so important about playdates is it's not just to help them play, 
but it then helps them collaborate more, work together, which is really important as they go through the problem grades. solve and take risks. So I, the word challenge has come up, um, you know, a number of times just in like the beginning of the conversation, and I, I want to broaden sort of the idea of, you know, the importance of challenges beyond kind of the social dynamic elements, but also into the other elements of, you know, children's development and what kindergarten can look like. So let's focus specifically on that. Talk more about why is it important for kids to face challenges? Why is it important for parents and teachers to lay challenges out in front of students? Like what do kids gain from um, having challenges placed in front of them and kind of dealing with difficulty? You know, I just want to make sure that we're all on the same page, that a challenge is not necessarily a negative thing, it's mm -hmm. a positive thing. And that we all go through challenges and it's just like, you know, going up the ladder another rung. And especially these children, they're very, very young. So if they're always comfortable winning the game and they're always comfortable being told they're so pretty and so cute and so smart, then when they get into a situation where it is a little bit more difficult for them, or they're not winning the game, or you know somebody does knock over their building, they know how to handle it. And so, and those are part of life. And so, start them in kindergarten with the little hurdles, and they move on, and they're more able to handle it, and more handled, ready to handle disappointment, which we know is all part of life. I think experiencing academic or social challenges provides an opportunity for growth. It allows a child to see and work through what is available to me, how can I problem solve to be more successful in a situation. It also allows for an opportunity for a child to see the supports that are in place um, and how do I access those supports. Um, whether it's a teacher, whether it's a friend, whether it's a material. I think um, learning both in the academic environment and social environment involves risk-taking. And with risks, you're not always going to be successful. I think the message that we strive for is that when you take a risk, you will always learn from a risk. And um, it might be uncomfortable, but feeling uncomfortable doesn't have to be a negative. We like to say in my kindergarten class, we love mistakes because we learn from them. So we make it a very positive thing. So I think our, we've been focused kind of so far on the social emotional realm kind of specifically, and that really is an important emphasis um, of every you know early childhood program. Just kind of a bit of a broader question and kind of see where we go. Um, you know, what can parents do, you know, beyond the social emotional area, maybe other areas as well, to like prepare their kids, you know, for a, a successful transition, you know, into kindergarten that first, first day, first week, first month. Well, helping your child become a little bit more independent, taking over some of the things that parents lovingly do for their children, but once they walk into a classroom, they need to sort of be ready to take on them themselves. And it, it's not something they have to be immediately ready for, but something that parents have to be aware of themselves. What am I doing to help my children or enabling them that they could probably be doing themselves? Is it, you know, getting dressed in the morning? Is it picking clothes out in the morning? You know, or, or what is it? I know sometimes we're in a rush and we've got to get out of the house, 
but getting the children more involved in those decision makings so that they have ownership of it. So when they come into a classroom, you know, they'll, they'll be greeted, you know, by a teacher and there'll be a locker and then what do they do? And some parents will be really quick to grab the backpack and start unpacking it and just be aware, hmm, there's going to be a locker for my child. You want your child to think about unpacking that backpack or, or even before that, what they need before to pack in a backpack. So they start being aware. And at home, you can start it with things around the house. Some children set the table. Some children help wash the dishes. Some children, you know, uh, like to make their bed or help as much as they can. They may not be able to do everything and you can take it in little steps. But it's a good thing to start and to be aware of your children's age and what's appropriate for them. And they'll, they'll enjoy it. Take them shopping for what they need for school so that they're all part of this process. It, it's theirs and then they have a responsibility. I want to piggyback on what Rhonda was saying. I think it's very important to foster um, a child's independence. And what that looks like outside of school is um, allowing them to have their voice heard. Having children involved in discussions, um, instead of speaking at them, having them be part of the discussion, voicing their opinion, so that they know that their, um, what they're sharing is valued and is really a part in fostering independence. And as Rhonda shared, making the child um, part of the routine, the daily routines in their home is important. Um, I think I like to provide every opportunity both out of school and in school to give options instead of telling a child um, what they should do. Providing options and letting them choose from options lets them know that there's more than one way to accomplish a task or more than one way to problem solve. I think um, giving opportunities for the child to take pride in their daily routine and um, really helps them get a better sense of self and foster their confidence. And you know, I think we also have to remember as parents that it, what they do doesn't have to look perfect. So if the bed doesn't look perfect, it's okay. Or if it's not up to your standards, it's okay. Remember, they're five years old and they're just starting to do it. So, you know, just, you know, be easy on it and let them, you know, have a fun time with it, sorting toys, helping with the laundry, all those things really help them. And then when they come into a classroom, they know how to clean up. They know how to be part of a family. They know how to be part of a group and part of a school. Just thinking about, you know, that part of the conversation, um, the word routine just rings really true for me. Um, and a big part of adjusting to like the kindergarten experience or adjusting to the school experience that's going to set children up for success across years is gaining kind of an understanding for routine and being able to manage through transitions. So I see you nodding at me, right? Our listeners can't, they, they don't see you. So let's talk specifically a little bit about the importance of establishing routine, adapting to routine and how, you know, together, a partnership between, like, home and school, we can really help, you know, children around routines? I think making it very clear what the expectation is helps provide, um, helps people feel successful. I know as an adult, I like to know what the expectation is 
for me so I can plan for that. So I think starting at home, having parents preview, that's a word I like to use with parents and students, preview what the day is going to look like for the child, for the family, and um, what their role is. And then when a teacher is providing, I know our kindergarten teachers provide visual schedules and they provide opportunities not only for the children to see what the expectation is for the day, they're constantly reviewing and they're verbally sharing. Um, I think it provides a level of comfort and control for the child to know what's happening next, but a sense of accomplishment of what they've already done. And um, it can also provide, when teachers provide scheduling and routines for the parents, they can help support the school day, but also provides talking points that you could share with your child of what their day looked like. You know, I always feel that it's when children have a schedule or know a routine, they feel much more safe. They feel like they are part of it. They have a little bit more control. And so I want to talk a little bit about sleep. Sleep is a really big issue. It's really hard to get these little children up in the morning so early for school, and you really have to think about it, how you can help them. And starting you know, a schedule like that and having a routine is just so important and helpful to your child. And you know, think about, should it, you know, maybe in the summer it is a little bit later, but as it starts getting closer and closer to school, Think about making it a little bit earlier and, you know, and winding down the day and calming it down and think about how would you like to do it when school starts? Is it helpful to have a bath before? How many books do you want? What time is it, you know, to start? If there's more siblings, how do you navigate that? But start thinking about it because it's so important once school starts to know that they have this routine ready and they're starting it already so it's a little bit easier for them to get up in the morning and to go to sleep at night. It's also important, I'm going to piggyback on something that you said in regards to parents reading their child's body language and what maybe works for one child maybe is not working for the other child and I think it's important to see what your how your child is presenting at the end of the day. It is a long day for them and um, I think you need to be mindful of maybe their mood and, and how they're reacting to gauge when bath time should be, when dinner time should be, and also your expectation of asking big open-ended questions and wanting to hear all about their day. I think you need to be mindful of um, where they're at mood-wise and um, how much energy they have left to participate in such a big conversation. And you know, sometimes at the end of the day, you know, when you're picking up your children, sometimes you just want to go home and settle in. And sometimes that may be the good time to get them running around and using up some of their energy and then being able to come home, have a meal, and, um, and unwind then. So I think we'll, we'll switch gears a little bit um, and talk a little bit about kind of the academic side um, of kindergarten. I know a lot of parents think about, you know, what do my kids need to know? Um, what should I practice with them, if anything, you know, before entering kindergarten? So let's talk a little bit about, you know, 
that that academic side of of of, kin, of kindergarten and like entry into kindergarten you know what 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 are what are expectations for what a kid should know or be able to do um entering kindergarten or, or are there even um specific expectations about you know what uh, a rising kindergarten student should be able you know should be able to do you know before coming into you know their kindergarten year well, one thing I do want to stress is reading to your child. It's so important. And that snuggle time before bed is priceless. And just take advantage of it as long as you can. And reading to your child, showing them your reading, how much you know reading is important, and make it fun. Go to the library, get great books, use funny voices, have them interact with you. Um, during story, you know, during the story time, not making it like a test to point to book, point, point to words, or to read certain words, but just help them develop this love of reading. And, you know, just reading together is just such a, a wonderful way to start that. Um, I'd like to respond and say that you want to encourage learning, and you want learning to be exciting. And if um, you have set expectations of what your child, what you want your child to be doing academically, and they're not ready to be, uh, let's say, writing their letters or writing words um, from the social emotional end. You'll often see pushback, and you could see behavioral challenges occur when expe academic expectations are being placed on a child that is not ready for it. So Rhonda, you talked about, you know, specifically about reading with your child as like an, an early literacy kind of really positive experience set up. Um, the, the kindergarten experience is so rich and diverse in terms of what, you know, kids experience every day with early numeracy and specials and things like that. Um, you know, are there, would, I want to talk a little bit about that, you know, the arts and, you know, if, if there are, you know, math things that, you know, we might want to kind of inspire in the children before they come to kindergarten? Or what about, you know, those areas beyond the reading? Well, I'll start with math. You know, when I was talking before about helping out in the home, you can bring math into your home activities. So, for example, if you're setting the table, let your child count how many people are in the family, how many people are coming over for dinner, how many napkins you need, forks, knives, spoons. They can add them all up. They can put them in front of them. Those are great, fun, fun math activities to do. Just like I said with reading, you want to make it fun. You want them to be aware of things. You know, you might want to talk about, oh, you know, we have to do something at 5 o'clock. You can show them the clock. You can show, you know, talk about things that relate to math. You can, you know, you can point out fun shapes. You know, they may have had a shape sorter when they were two years old. Now you can talk about the shapes a little bit more deeply. You can talk about how many sides there are. Then they can walk around, they can go outside. And where do they see a triangle? Where do they see, you know, a circle? So making math fun, bringing it into their everyday life, um, really is exciting and really helps them build their number sense, really understand what a group of five looks like. You know, they can sort your coins. They, you can talk to them a little bit about, you know, how many of a particular coin is, is in a dollar or how many pennies it is, you know, and, and just make it all fun and exciting so that they want to learn more. You just want to stimulate them and get them excited about learning. Another thing is we talk a lot about writing, and the truth is they will start writing in kindergarten, but you need to build 
their muscles in their hands so that they are able to grip that pencil correctly and that they have the strength to maintain the writing. So using clay that's a little bit, um, you know, has more um, of a feel to it than Play-Doh so that they can really work those muscles. Um, using games like Light Bright where they pick up little pet, you know, pegs and they have to put it in their spot. Even using a tweezer and picking things up. You know, somebody once showed me how you can take little um, alphabet noodles and cover it with sand and then have your child become a paleontologist and use a tweezer to go through the sand and pick up those little alphabet noodles and, and play with it. That pinching is really good for their, for their hand muscles. So all different kinds of activities like that that they'll be using their hands and art is just a great way. They don't have to use, you know, fancy art materials. They can use stubby crayons that have been cut in two. That all helps with the pinching and the writing. And also, believe it or not, using those little, um, you know, a coloring book where a child has to color in the lines vertically um, and horizontally really helps develop those muscles. I think it's important everyone's schedules are very busy outside of school and there's so much you could do to work on these academic skills in a natural way even when you're giving your child during bath time or getting dressed in the morning you could work on sequencing and retelling by what are the steps that you did for taking your bath, what came first, what came next um, as I said uh, sequencing retelling all the steps are all pre-reading and pre-writing skills and you're not setting aside a specific time to work on those it's happening in um, a natural way when you're driving in the car um, you could be playing I spy and, uh, and identifying letters and words and signs and colors but I think we also have to remember that it's not shouldn't be a constant thing you've got to really cherish this time before kindergarten where your children are young and they're fancy free and they really can play and explore and you don't have to be always you know um, quizzing them on things just make it make it really fun you know I think what's important what I was I heard when you were saying also is that we have to remember that all the children are coming in at a different level and that is perfectly acceptable acceptable that is age appropriate as I tell the children they all didn't start to walk on the same day they didn't all start to talk on the same day so they're all not going to learn to read on the same day or write on the same day and that's okay and their teachers will take them from where they are to as far as they can go in their kindergarten year but we shouldn't all stress about where it has, where that ending point is or even where that beginning point is. Please cherish this time. So what I hear you both talking about, I, I like to call kind of dispositions, right? Focus on dispositions instead of, you know, skills and content. You know, love of learning and curiosity, those kinds of things. And I just wondered if, you know, you wanted to speak just a little bit more at all about you know those the specific dispositions as opposed to you know to the content because having children coming in as curious and lovers of learning is such a, a bonus 
um, you know, coming into a school, coming into kindergarten, and how that can, how those, having those dispositions can set the kids up, you know, for success in their kindergarten experience. You know, I think we're really lucky, you know, we live in an area outside, you know, Washington, D.C., and there's so many places to explore with your children. Um, and, you know, I was just talking to a mother yesterday about how they love to go on nature hikes together. And I think that when you do things like that, it really gives your child this open area to explore and to become curious with. And you don't always have to do the teaching. So you let you see what your child is interested in or what they're noticing and open-ended questions like Gail said so that they start to, you know, look around and if they find, you know, a twig and then you they start to figure out where it comes from or they start digging outside, then you can go follow them on that trail of where they want to go or where they want to take it. And then we have the museums and we have all this, you know, rich area around us for us to take advantage of, and I think it's a wonderful um, opportunity to do that. We definitely recognize that um, each student is an individual learner, and each student has a different personality, and I find it exciting to be able to get to know what a child's strengths are and use the areas that they need more support in um, and use those strengths to build up those areas. And I think that it is important to recognize, as I said, each person as an individual person and learner and go at their pace and let them feel comfortable. If maybe they're more reserved, but they're showing their knowledge or their um, care for one another friend in a different way and it's our responsibility to keep our eyes open and recognize um, how they're communicating the, um, their interests, their wants, their hopes, and their challenges. So I want to take the, that idea of individuality and transition into one of the things I wanted to make sure that we talked about today which is you know every kid is different on their learning journey um, parents really get to know their children really well and some parents see their kids as maybe potentially benefiting from you know a bonus year right not necessarily going into kindergarten at their kindergarten chronological age but more thinking about their development and um, maybe giving them the gift of a year or the gift of extra time so with your experience um, talk about you know what parents maybe should be thinking about in terms of think, considering whether or not they want to give their child a bonus year um, or not, and you know just what what that decision you know could, can look like, should look like, what they should have in mind. Well, I think it's really important for if their child is a reader or really feel, or the parents feel like they're really high in math, that that shouldn't jump them to the conclusion that they're ready for kindergarten because. As we were talking before and Gail was stressing, their social emotional development is really so important and really um, a key to success throughout the years of school. So we want to make sure that, you know, socially, emotionally, they are ready for kindergarten. And I think, you know, parents can see that a lot from play dates, um, a lot how they can enter a classroom, how comfortable are they in their preschool, in their preschool classroom. And um, speaking to preschool teachers who really do know them and, you know, and say to them, you know, 
this is what I'm thinking about. So have those conversations with professionals, I think is really important before you um, make any conclusions if you're on the fence. I agree with what you're saying, Rhonda. I think it's very important to get the feedback from the teachers that are with your child during the day. Um, I think in regards to social-emotional, you want to make sure that your child is prepared to communicate in many different ways, not only their successes, but when they're feeling frustrated. I like to look at how they communicate with their friends, what their play skills look like, because their play skills then later develop into how they will work with others in small groups and large groups in act for academic um, activities. Um, and you also want to look at their endurance. And when I use the word endurance, I mean mentally and physically, that they're able to sustain a kindergarten day and that they are able to not only physically be there, but um, have the strength to be part of the academic expectations and the social expectations. And in all my years, 26 years of working in schools, I have found that when you go with your gut of feeling that you need uh, your child could benefit from an additional year, th there could be no harm in doing that. It could just provide a year of extra confidence boosting and um, social skill development, which in turn will help for a successful um, academic future. Yeah, and I always say to parents, it can get, give, be such a gift to your child to give them that time because you really have to remember that kindergarten, there's a lot of, you know, sitting right now, you know, where, you know, they need to sit at, at the table, they need to be learning how to write, they need to listen to stories. There's, there is academic work that is going on in, in the kindergarten, and if your child is much more interested in playing right now and really needs that playtime and that moving around time, and they're a little on the younger side, then, you know, it, it is a really worthwhile consideration that, that should be taken seriously. Before we conclude, uh, there's one other, you know, question I wanted to make sure to get out there, you know, and that... I'm constantly surprised by how much of a bigger and bigger or larger and larger stakes um, question or issue, you know, kindergarten has become, you know, for families. And there's a lot of, you know, concern and a little, you know, anxiousness, you know, among parents, you know, about what child, what school should my child go to? Should I give my child the bonus year? Um, could you just talk a little bit, you know, before, uh, before we, you know, wrap up um, about, creating an environment in the home or sharing, you know, how, how that anxiety can get, um, you know, translated or transferred to children when it's happening, you know, with the parents? Like, is that, is that something that parents should be talking about with their kids if they're nervous about certain elements? Or, you know, just how do we, how do we help kids to, how do we help their, how do we help parents to help their children not feel, you know, some of the, you know, big feelings that, that, that parents can feel around the big transition into kindergarten? Speaking as a mother, of course, the step as into kindergarten is a big step for parents, too, but I think it's important that it's okay to share with your child that you, too, might have felt a similar way when, or recognize how they are feeling, 
but in the same sense, you want to be able to provide skills and tools for them to manage these big feelings and not just put out those words and let them start their day feeling so anxious, but recognizing and validating their feeling and then providing opportunities of ways to manage these feelings and also to share that, you know, maybe this feeling's not going to go away right away, but in time, this is what you can be doing to address these feelings. And also, um, as Rhonda shared earlier, um, there, through books, literature is a great way to um, provide your child with um, tools and recognizing that the feelings that they're having um, is common. And, um, and also bringing it, opening it up to siblings or friends and sharing with the teachers how your child and you are feeling, I think is important. And I think there's nothing wrong with you as a parent talking to somebody if you're concerned or if you feel anxious. You know, talk to your friends, talk to a professional. There's nothing, you know, come to the school that your children are going to and, and say, you know, these are my feelings, I'm a little concerned. And then, you know, because you do want your children to have a positive spin on it when they're, when they're entering school. And as Gail said, there's so many books about beginning kindergarten, and that would be a great way to start. Well, we just want to end by saying thank you um, to you both, um, you know, for spending this time with me um, and having this conversation together. And just to remind parents that we'll be having part two um, of our uh, kindergarten readiness uh, podcast with a couple of parents, you know, sharing their thoughts um, as well. So again, thank you and uh, stay tuned. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for listening. This has been a production of the Charles E. Smith Jewish Day School. 